0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'm excited. This is the first Sunday of 2016, and uh, church before church even started, we had some great news about what God's doing uh, in the church and blessing the church, and I'm really excited about that. Today, we're going to start a new series uh, called "Working on a Dream," and uh, you know it can sound kind of selfless, but what today I want you to know is this: is I can I can tell you, I can share some things with you from the Word today that if you apply them, believe in them. You know, you know, there's a lot of things that we know as Christians, but we don't believe in them as Christians. There's a lot of people that know things about the Bible, but they don't believe the Bible. Because when you believe in the Bible, and you apply it to your life, you're going to see the fruit. You see, knowing something doesn't put the fruit in your basket. Applying it to your life is what puts the fruit in your basket. Amen? That's why we, that's why we halfway quote scripture. We only quote the receiving in, not the giving in. You see, there, to most scriptures and most promises of God, there's a giving in. There's something that he requires on our part that secures the promises from God that says this is what's going to happen. That's why people that, 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 don't, that don't obey God talk around going receiving the blessings of God, but they don't receive the blessings of God, or they don't have the favor of God, and they're wondering why don't I have favor of God? Must be what I know ain't no good. No, it's what you are not applying in your life. Is not any good. And so today, I want, I want us to build a foundation that is not only going to make 2016 the best year of our life, but it's going to make the rest of our life built on a foundation that is the Word of God, that is something that you can build on. That is something that when you die, you can look back and say, I built my life on the foundation of God's Word, and it provided fruitfulness to my life. It, it was it was productive for the kingdom of God, Amen. You know, I, uh, I was I was uh, I'll be forty three years old next month, and this whole time during worship, I was just thinking about my whole life. I was like I was worshiping, but I was I was just really like I was like swept away. I was just so peaceful and I was so calm and just so uh, uh, com- not complacent. What's the other? What's the good word? Not. Content. I was just so content. <laughs> What'd you say? I was so content. You know, thinking about how what you know, God in my life. You wrong for that. What's wrong with you? I was so I was thinking about God in my life. And I was thinking about all the worry, all the times that I've worried, and all the times that I've fretted, and all the times that I feared when there was it was just pointless. You know, Jesus said, you know, <laughs> Take no thought for tomorrow, for today has enough troubles of its own. And he says some other things that we'll talk about. But, but how many of you have made your plans for 2016? You have plans and dreams for 2016? Somewhat? Well, you better get on the ball, William. You're behind, son. You better get thinking about it. Well, what's the date today? You're three days behind. You know, I'm, I'm, but how many of you, listen, how many of you have plans for 2016? You know, pay some bills off, become richer, become better looking, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, have more kids, have less kids. I mean, whatever it is. But, you know, we do. We have, we have these things that we would like to see come about in 2016. And, uh, you know, our family, for those of you who don't know, this is my father, Donnie West. Raise your hand. Yeah. My mother, Sherry West. This is my sister, Sharissa, and, and her husband, Nick Barker, in the back. And, you know, we've had this dream for a, a long time. It's, probably, it's been years. We've had this dream of of us as a family uh you know living on the same proper property and and just living together and being a family and you know i mean it's funny because you go to we go to all these other countries and the families just kind of add on and live together and support one another and it's very economical because you only need one tractor and you need one, you know what i mean it's just it's pretty supportive and structured almost kind of like a mini church you know this we're here together, supporting each other, care for one another. But most people and families don't like each other, so they can't do that. And um, so I just, yeah, amen. And uh, and so that's okay. I got family members I don't like. Don't feel alone, amen. So so I'm just thinking, you know, here we are. I mean, we're in the process. Sharissa and Nick bought a house on five acres on 1003. Uh, it's an awesome patrol base. It's easily defensible and all those important things. Uh, you can call it a compound. I'm okay with that. But there's a deer lease beside it. We'll, we'll be able to shoot. The kids will be able to, you know, get out in the yard and not worry about somebody stealing them or eating them or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just what, it's, it's kind of what we've all wanted. And I think, wow, a dream is coming true in our life. A dream is coming true in our life. And you think, well, that must be nice. You know, some of you think, well, I wish my dreams would come true. Well, let me tell you something. There's some things that, that we've had to do to get to this point. And it has nothing to do with our sense and our wisdom and our abilities. It's strictly God. God gets all the credit and all the glory. And, and I want to tell you that if, if you want to live the dream, I would say, then there's only one way to do it, and that's God's way. It's God's way. You know, in this life, that we are, we are called to sacrifice, but there is this, this, this life with God that God wants to be involved in your life. And, you know, I was looking at Facebook last night, and, you know, you have your employment and all these things, and it said, congratulations, you've been working at Gateway for 15 years. I've been here for 15 years. Dad's been here for like 362. But, I mean, in 2001, I remember, I mean, I look at my life. I remember being called to pastor. I remember not wanting to be a pastor. I remember doing what all I wanted to do, fulfilling all my dreams, being miserable, and not, you know, not, not living the life that God had planned for me. And I remember deciding one day, hey, today I'm going to follow Jesus, no turning back. I'm going to do what he asked me to do. I'm going to die to myself and live for him. I'm going to lose my life so that I can have a life. And I've, and I've, I've thought back to how that's played out. And how it takes time and it takes faith and it takes uh, patience and it takes trust, and it takes all the things that God requires us to have. And so Matthew 16:24 through27, this, this is something that you've got to realize beginning from the day you become a Christian. And in Matthew 16:24 it says, "Then Jesus told his disciples, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself." Deny himself. How many people, how many Christians do you see denying their selves? Because they're so invested in themselves that they don't have time for Jesus. They don't have time to build his church, to build his kingdom, to do the things that he's called us to do. And take up his cross and follow me, for whoever would deny him for forever who would save his life will lose it. If you want to have a life, you need to lose your life. You need to give up your life. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now this wasn't a letter to pastors and missionaries and deacons and elders. This was a letter to anyone who would profess to be a child of God or would desire to be a child of God. And listen to this. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What good does it do a person to become the richest, to become the most famous, to become the most successful in the worldly standards? What good does it do to acquire all the wealth, all the things, all the stuff of the world and die and go to hell? What good does it do you? It's nothing. It's temporal. It's, uh, it's, just, a, it's just a little dot that we live. And then and then uh, Francis Chan's been doing, I've been seeing the rope video, you know, this rope that goes on and on through infinity and we're just a uh, we're just the, uh, the binding on the end of the rope, but our life in eternity in heaven or hell goes on forever and ever and ever and ever depending on what we do in this little short life that we live now. It says, Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. The Bible says much about Jesus coming back and repaying even believers for what they have done. So I mean, we there there are rewards, and so you know, Jesus and God does reward good things. Amen. He does. The Bible says it many many times. There are rewards for doing good. There are rewards for investing in the kingdom, for serving, for being faithful. Everybody say it with me: faithful, Faithful. committed. You know what? Marine Corps uh, motto was simplify. Always faithful, not partially faithful, not faithful sometimes, but always faithful. That's why when you go to a veteran service, that the Marines are the loudest and the proudest, and they stand up and let everybody know, yeah, I'm with these guys. Because it is inbred into them that you guys are Marines, and you need to be faithful. But you know what? What's more important than the fact of me being a Marine is that I am a child of God. I am a part of something way greater than myself, way greater than anything this world could offer And so it says here that if you want a life, you need to lose your life. If you want to be rewarded, then we need to do what Jesus has called us to do. Now our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of works, not of your own doing. So that no man can boast. So none of us can boast. Our salvation is in Jesus. So you can't say, you know, my works, you know build or lose my salvation no but you know the bible says that jesus died so that we could do good works and there's a purpose in them and we'll talk about those in a minute so the here's the here's the, here's what jesus is saying and here's what i'm telling you if you want to live the life that you know how many of you know this is what god was telling me during worship god has the best interest for you he does it doesn't mean that life is gonna be Peachy King and easy and all that, because you know, I mean God I mean Proverbs says that the rod is for the back of a fool. So when you become a fool, what should you expect? A rod across your back. You know what I mean? But the Bible says that, that God disciplines the ones that He loves and it's evidence that they're his children, okay? So so you can't get in this track that if I serve God, you know, it's just gonna be this uphill climb and easy cheesy and all this other good stuff. No. It's life, it's a, it's a relationship, it's a process. It's trust. You see, we wouldn't need faith. We wouldn't need trust if we were in scary situations and situations that would require us to trust God when it doesn't look ideal to our natural minds. But the first thing we need to do if we want to see our dreams fulfilled is we need to submit our dreams to God's dream. We need to submit God. God's dream needs to be more important than our dreams. You know, I remember once again when I was a little boy and I surrendered to preach. I knew God was calling me to preach. I was, I was at Piney Woods Baptist Encampment. I did not want to go. Why? Because I was a preacher's kid. And I saw the foolishness that we don't put up with, because thank God wise men taught us how not to fool, put up with it. But, you know, I, I, was, I was limited in my scope to see what God had for me. And, and I, was, I was like Jonah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go there. And it's like I acknowledged it that night, but then I turned the other direction and just kept going and doing my own thing. And I had all my dreams. How many of, you, how many of your dreams have changed since you were little? You know, when you're little, you just don't have no sense to dream, right? You just you want to do anything and everything. You know, Jeremiah, they asked him when he was on the homecoming court, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, Mom, what makes good money? A mechanic, okay, I want to be a mechanical engineer. He has no idea what a mechanical engineer is. But he just said, yeah, that looks good. Listen, let's put that on there, right? You need to figure out what you want to do, Jeremiah. But, you know, when our kids, you know, I ask our kids, you know, one day they want to be a vet. One day they want to be a doctor. next day they want to be a pilot. next day they want to, you know, do all these things. And, you know, I just, I remember, you know, one of my most consistent dreams throughout my whole life was being a mountain man. Living in a cabin in Montana. And Christy wouldn't have it. Thank God Christy crushed that dream. Because that's not <laughs> the dream that God had for me. I'm like, really, like, I think in heaven I've got this little cabin. I don't want no mansion. I want a cabin with elk and stuff running all over. And eagles landed on the roof. And, you know, I just see my place in heaven, you know. And, and uh, you know, and once a month y'all can visit me, you know. Because I'll be <laughs> I'll be praying. So, I mean, but, but, you know, we do. We, how, how many of you remember some silly dreams that you had as a kid? So, dreams are susceptible to change, right? With mat- maturity and with wisdom and with failing too many times and realizing, you know, I need to do something else. Maybe this isn't what I need to do, you know. I've been trying out for the worship team for 10 years, but, you know, my mom's the only one that told me I could sing, so maybe I need to take that as a hint. Amen. But we need to submit our dreams to God's dreams. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. many are the plans in the mind of a man. How many of you had many plans? So I wanted, I wanted a million acres one time, and then I wanted... Now, now I just want whatever Teresa's got left, all right? I don't want to mow. I want lots of goats. I want more goats than I have grass. I would rather not cut grass. I would rather, gra- I'd rather have do- goats dying of not enough grass than having to cut grass because I don't have enough goats, if you know what I mean. So many are the plans in the mind of a man... But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You see, the purpose of God is going to stand. You can plan all you want, do all you want, think all you want, dream all you want, and, 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 and all these things, but the purpose of God stands. And that purpose of God has to be the preeminent thing in our life. Amen? You know, Abraham, think about it. What would you do if you were Abraham? If some of you were Abraham, we'd be in trouble. If some of you were Abraham, we'd be in trouble. God had to snuff you out and get somebody else to do it. Because God came to Abraham and God didn't say, hey, look, I'm going to make a deal with you. God said this leave your family, leave your land, leave your fortune, leave everything you got and follow me. He didn't tell him all the details. He didn't tell him when he called him out. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you more children than the stars in the sky. You see, in our lives it is dependent on faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible. And so many of us try to please God the way we want to please God. And God says, no, you're going to please me the way I ask you to please me. Because we ain't smart enough to do things right. We're not smart enough to to build His kingdom outside of His knowledge. And God says, look, you've got to trust me. You've got to have faith in me. You've got to believe me. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to work. If you do what I tell you, it's going to work. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego They didn't know what was going to happen when they're standing in front of the fiery furnace. But they said, you know what? We're going to do what God told us to do. And even if he doesn't save us, we're going to do what he's called us to do. Paul, Abraham looked and he knew that everything I got cannot compare to what God can give me. Everything I have doesn't compare to the plan and the will of God. Paul says it, he said, I'd rather die and go to heaven. He says, but great Jesus has a greater purpose for me for your sake, that God may be glorified. Amen? And you've got to believe that. If you don't believe that God has your best intentions at heart, if you don't believe that God is a good God, if you don't believe, then you're not going to follow through. You're not going to walk through the fire. You're not going to walk through the valley, and you'll never reach the mountaintop. Because the only way to the mountaintop is through the valley. The only way to the up is to go through the down. To start from the bottom and work yourself up. And I'm not talking about your personal to-do list. I'm talking about where are you going to start with God? Where are you going to begin your journey to walk with Jehovah God? And this call is for any man that would call upon the name of the Lord. But Abraham believed. Paul believed it so much, and he says, man, I'm ready to go to heaven. So we have to submit our dreams to God's dreams. Another thing we got to do is we got to work on God's dream, and he will take care of your dream. Amen? Amen? If you want God, let me, Woo! everybody quotes that scripture all the time. Is God as for us? Who can be against us? Let me ask you something. Is God for you? Or is he against you? Is he against you? See, I've tried so many times to do things that God was against. And I could chant that and boast that all I wanted. But God's like, no, you ain't going to go nowhere. Because this isn't what I've got for you. This isn't my will for you. This isn't my plan for you. Because see, Chad West would be in a mountain. I'd be divorced. I'd be living in Montana. I wouldn't be doing Gateway Church. I wouldn't be doing nothing that God wanted me to do. But God in His grace and His goodness, is every time my head would get up my hiney, would cry it out, and say, look, let's get refocused. Yeah. I mean, God has been good in my whole life to, to, to be there. And, and we get so angry with God when he stops things. We're like, ooh, we pout. And God says, I meant to do that. You know what? God meant to do some things in your life. God has minted to do things in your life, okay? There's another Chad word. God has allowed things in your life to happen because all things work to together for the good of them that love Jesus. Why? Because he has your best interest at heart. Because he's a good God. You need to believe that he is a good God. But we need to work on God's dream and he'll take care of yours. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and what will happen, all these things will be added into you and in this context he's talking about don't worry what you're going to eat, don't worry what you're going to wear don't worry about don't worry about those things you take about you worry about my kingdom, about my house about feed in my sheep and I'll take care of your feeding and your housing and your clothing and all the things that you need. I will take care of that. And, and you know what we we but this seeking the kingdom, I think we don't we don't put the rubber to the road. We put this seeking as in this confusingly looking all the time. Oh I'm seeking. I'm seeking. No? Because God told us how to seek in his word and we need to physically seek. Once again, I'm not talking about earning our salvation, but we need, to, we need to do what God has called us to do. We're seeking the kingdom. What are we doing? We're seeking the existence of the kingdom. We're, he's wanting us to build His kingdom. Psalms 37, 3-4. through, three, uh, three through four. Trust in the Lord. Everybody say it with me. Trust in the Lord and do good. And do good. Dwell in the land and, brief, and befriend befriend. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Don't be a Tony the Tiger Christian. Don't be flakier than a box of frosted flakes. I'm going to say something gross, so this will stick to your mind. Don't be nastier, flakier than a booger on a two-year-old kid's nose waiting for the wind to blow it off. You know what it means to be flaky? It means that you're, you're unstable. You're not attached. You're not concrete. You're not grounded. You're waiting for the winds of change and the, the, the flakiness of the world and the, and the things of the world to just thump you off like that but God has called us to be solid to be grounded in his word you know what if you seek your dreams for the rest of your life but you never get this foundation this solid foundation set and secure that I need to be about God's business before my own I need to seek God's kingdom before my own kingdom then you'll never find what you're looking for says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh. So the desires of our heart do matter. But once again, we can't quote this backwards or half quote this. We have to realize the precursor, the, the, the before to the after. If you want to see your desires come true in your heart, then you need to align your desires with God by trusting in Him and doing what He's called you to do. This do good isn't doesn't mean be perfect because you ain't none of you perfect. We'll be imperfect until Jesus comes back and changes us and glorifies us into our final selves and final destination. But what He's saying here is do the good that I've called you. Be faithful to what I've called you. Build my church, build my kingdom, feeding my sheep, love people, encourage people, be there for people. Quit being so busy with your own lives that you can't do what I've called you to do. Titus 2:4 says, 2:14 uh, says, "Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and purify for himself a people of his own possession, who are zealous for what? Good works. Doing what He's called us to do. Being faithful what He's called us to do. It says, Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So do you see a pattern here? You see a pattern here? God created us for good works. Our dreams should include serving God, putting Him first, and, and doing the works that He's called us to do, first and foremost, before our own selves. And so we submit to God's dream, we work on God's dream, and He'll take care of your dream. And then number three, we focus on God's glory instead of yours. Instead of yours. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we are to be light-bearing believers who... Do good works to others and four others, so that who may be glorified? God. You see that's that's what our lives is about. We're here to bless others for the glory of God. We're here to serve we're here to we're here to be a part of God's grand dream of manifesting his wisdom and himself through his church to the world. And so this dream is way bigger than our individual lives, but we have to step back and see the big picture that God has called us to be a part of, that is His church, so that He can be glorified, so that Jesus can be known, so that the lost can be saved, so that people can gain a life by losing their lives, by seeing our examples manifested before them. But it's all about stewardship. We're to steward our lives. Our dreams should be to steward our lives for God. And God will begin to change your dreams. God will be able to support your dreams. God, it's all about dreaming with God. With God. Not apart from God. Not having my dreams and praying God backs them up. But serving God. Putting Him first in my life. Putting Him first in my life. Letting Him partner with me to give me the wisdom and the, and the, and the discretion and... And, and and giving me the ability to dream things that I could never dream without him in my life and begin to partner with him and do those things. And this last thing, you know, it's all about the glory of for God, not for us. There are so many people who have not began or who have walked out of what God wanted them to do because they were more concerned about their own glory. Their own glory. They were more consumed with with looking good or being successful or whatever. You know, when I had to make a decision when I, I was I was a good Marine. I was a good Marine Scout sniper. Everything I did when it came to that, it, it was fruitful, that was good. And I had to decide, do I want to to glory myself in this or do I want to glory God? And God, made, God brought me to the decision table. And says, do you, do you want to do this for the rest of your life or do you want to do what I've called you to do? And I said, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And our life cannot be, I mean, there's so many things that we commit to because it's about our glory. It's, it's simply nothing else. Simply nothing else. And when you remove the fact that you want to be glorified, then that thing doesn't mean anything anymore because that thing simply becomes something that is an obstacle to what God wants you to do. But we're all called to fruitfulness. How many of you believe that? I mean, God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, replenish the earth. As Christians, we're called to be fruitful believers. We're called to to do fruitful works of light, to build His kingdom. You know, if you look at fruitfulness, I mean, we need to look at it like this, as productivity, right? What is productivity? It means it means making, th- making things. It means producing. Producing. We are to produce for the kingdom of God. You know, and pro- productivity is effectively stewarding your gifts, your talents, your times, and energy and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. That's what we should be doing with our lives. Does God, does, is God interested in the things that you want and desire? Yes, He is. But I tell you what, if you really want to see what God has for you, you're going to have to partner with Him. You're going to have to let Him open your eyes. You're going to have to trust Him. Hey, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I didn't immediately like get a house and all these things. It's been, I've, been, I've been out of the Marine Corps for 20 years. I got out of the Marine Corps. Guess what? I went from being a Marine to a dead gun bolt-up hand. Not that bolt up hands were bad, but it was a back it was a back step for me. I went back to four years ago before I was in the Marine Corps and I had to start all over. You know, I ended up moving in with my parents because I couldn't afford nothing because Christy got, you know, Christy had Cali. We decided, you know, we made sacrifices so that we could be good parents. And you know, and then all of a sudden I started dreaming, so man, you know, I need to I need to get the heck out of dad's house. I'm an adult, you know, I need you know but but we had several prophetic words that said, Hey, the Lord says you need to stay where you're at right now. That would have been real easy for me to say, that's just the stupidest thing I ever heard. But you know what? I knew in my heart that's what God's desire was. Matter of fact, we even built onto the house. I stayed there. We had Callie. Uh, We built on another room for Nick and Sharissa. Our whole family lived together. Man, this is nuts. People thought we were crazy. But I tell you what, it caused me and Nick to grow. It caused us to not be the normal, uh, you know, adolescent stupid husband because you couldn't act like you wanted to in front of everybody else. You see what I'm saying? God put the right checks and balances in, my, in our lives. Yeah, yeah, we could go back and stay on that for a while. I mean, but, but you know, I mean, God, God knew what I needed at that moment. It allowed me to be able to afford to come on staff 15 years ago. And you know what? After five years, God blessed us with this mobile home. And you know what? This year, I paid it off. And now this year, I'm going to drag it over to Charisse's and ruin her life. She thinks I'm aggravating now. Wait till you live with me and Dad again at the same time. If he's not aggravating, I will. It will even things out. You know, but but you know, so it's it's it's, it's a process. But I'm going. Well, you know what? But God knew the desires of our heart. But you're looking at a family who has followed God. You know, Dad. Dad did the Abraham journey. He quit his job at Mobile, sold his house. Everything he had, had nothing to go place where he didn't know where the heck he was going. He didn't know anybody, and he trusted God for for that. And we've been through valleys and valleys and valleys, but we've been through mountaintop experiences over and over and over again. And I'm sitting here this morning thinking, God, what the heck could you do better than you've already done for me in my life? What could you do better you know what, he's going to surprise the heck out of me. But you know what, I still need to put him first in my life. I still need to be about his glory. I still need to dream his dream. But I'm going to tell you what, when you get into the, the, the walk with God, he will change your dreams to fit his. And you know what, I still go deer hunting. I still like catching trout. You know what, I'm not, I'm not talking about living a life of poverty and, and just, you know, total unfun. God cares about those things. But God wants you to be about His business, just like Jesus says, I am about my Father's business. And so what, what obstacles What obstacles are keeping you from living the dream life that God has for you? See, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about your life, your family, the church, you know, missions and all these things. You know, dreaming. Let's dream with God, right? But, but first and foremost, if you don't have the foundation... To partner with God in your dreaming. If you're about your glory, and you're not willing to lay down your life so that you can gain a life, and if, you're wor- if, you're not, if you don't want to sacrifice or be uncomfortable, trust God in times of, of, of hard times and hardships to get to where God wants you to go, then, then all this other stuff's going to be for naught. You've got to believe that God has his best interest for you. You've got to believe that God's dream is greater than anything that you can dream. You've got to believe that giving your life to God through Jesus Christ to do what he's called us to do is totally worth it all. But what are some obstacles that you're dealing with? Some of it's laziness. You're just too dang lazy. You're too dang dumb selfish. I ain't going to no angel tree to help those daggum kids. I'm going to sleep in. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It's laziness. you know. And and the thing is, the root of this is a biblical deal. It's a character issue that's within you, and God wants to change that. God doesn't want you to be lazy. God wants you to be a a, a worker, not only for Him, but for your family and for the people around you. God wants you to be a worker. He doesn't want you to be lazy. And you know what? The, The polar opposite of that is busyness. You probably deal with that as much or more than anything else because we have so many dreams. Listen, let's go back to that. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the purpose of the Lord will stand. And you know what? If you want to see something that'll stand in your life, get with the purpose of the Lord. Get with the purpose of the Lord. Dream his dreams, and then he'll take care of the desires of your heart. But he needs to be first and foremost in your life. And you know what? How many, how many firsts can you have in your life? There can only be one. And we try to fool ourselves, and we have ten firsts in our lives. Let me tell you something. They're not all first. They all fall in a chain. But laziness and busyness, both of them equal unfaithfulness because we're either too lazy to be faithful or we're too busy to be faithful give up your life to gain a life make God's dream your dream and he'll make the dreams that he has for you, the best dreams come true